2: Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, I'm Sienna Jekyll. And I'm Liana Holston. And welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time. The very slightly less racist 10th anniversary edition. This podcast
0: is a safe space for people who don't know anything about movies. Today, we're watching Singing in the Rain, number five on the AFI list. A little warning for you, there will be spoilers about this film that's over half a century old. You're too late. Gotta listen now. Okay, Singing in the Rain. Da-da-da-da-da-da. First musical. First musical on the list. Should we start off with our predictions? Oh my god, yes. I just so loudly set down a mug and I must apologize. Hi, Sienna. It's Liana Holston, Bachelor of Arts, Theater and Performance <laughs> Studies. About to watch Singing in the Rain. A bit of an apt situation here is that it's been raining all day. So I do feel that I am prepared for this viewing situation. The last time I saw this film was on VHS oh. approximately 15 years ago, most likely more. And I recall it's a musical, I think, and a woman dances with two men and everyone is white and there's a lamp. A lamp? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. (laughs) And and, um, don't remember the lamp. You haven't seen Singing in the Rain if you haven't seen a lamp. All right. I have yours pulled up.
2: Hi, Liana. It is Sienna. I'm about to watch Singing in the Rain. I have seen it a long time ago, but of course, I do not remember it very well. But I'm pretty sure it's about singing in Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah! So can't wait to see some movie sets and three people singing a lot. Anyway, love you. Bye-bye. (laughs) Aw. Love you, too. (laughs) Aww,
0: (laughs) Honestly, yours is kind of a summary of the film. Yeah. Not much else happens besides that.
2: Um, I will say, you noted in your prediction the mm-hmm. dancing. And I said the singing. And what I did notice about this film was that there's actually quite a bit more dancing than singing.
0: Oh boy, is there. I'm also going to note that you are really hitting the G uh, of singing, which is famously oh. dropped in this film. Um, so if you just want to amend that
2: <laughs> for the okay. rest of the pod. I'm going to have to throw out my notes because it's riddled with G's. <laughs> I will start off with a more official sort of summary of this film, just so everybody knows. Basically, a popular silent movie studio and its stars have to adapt to the world of talkies. That's mainly what it's about. Don Lockwood is played by Gene Kelly, and he's sort of the main character. And then he has his two buds, Cosmo and his later girlfriend, Kathy. Talkies are introduced and Hollywood changes overnight. Lockwood's studio makes a talkie to keep up with the trend, and it's really, really bad. So then Lockwood and his pals decide to make a musical picture. That's basically it. Mm, And we
0: must mention the true star of the film, Lena Lamont. The greatest thing to happen to cinema in the 1950s. She plays John's co-star and she's an
2: icon. I'm so glad you feel the same way because I did write many times that she is the protagonist of this film for me. (laughs) Okay, she's amazing. Also, I know that she isn't physically tall because everyone in this movie was like five, six, but she has tall woman energy. T-W-E, baby. (laughs) Call Girl Summer.
0: (laughs) Call Girl Summer.
2: (laughs) Mm. Okay, great. We'll be talking about her the majority of this. Mm -hmm.
0: Unfortunately, we do first have to do historical context. And unfortunately, this is entirely about racism. Um, Oh, okay. I know. A quick content warning that this section will be discussing minstrelsy and blackface. Here's a bit of historical context about the film Singin' in the Rain. It was released in 1952, but the film takes place in 1927. And a big part of the film is referencing a different movie called The Jazz Singer, which was a real movie released in the real year, 1927, starring a guy named Al Jolson. It was one of the first talkies. It was a movie musical. It's uh, literally about a man who
2: performs in blackface. Oh, no! Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't Mm -hmm. know that about the jazz singer
0: that's correct about the jazz singer Al Jolson actually frequently performed in blackface not only in that movie and uh, you know none of it is good a real sort of maybe worst part of the movie is at the very end he sings a song called My Mammy performed in blackface and for anybody who doesn't know the mammy is a caricature it's a very harmful trope uh, perpetuating sort of a false narrative about happy slaves depicting a black woman who was often a caretaker too Uh, children. We are going to see this trope in other films on the list that we are going through Mm -hmm. in this podcast. So that's The Jazz Singer, which is featured in the film. A little theme that happens... (laughs) And by little, I mean the actual theme of the movie <laughs> is about yeah. giving credit where credit is due. Um, and what's interesting is that the song Make him Laugh, which is a very iconic song from the film, it's that big singing and dance number that Cosmo does, is mm-hmm. extremely similar to Cole Porter's song Be a Clown from the film The Pirate. And many people are like, mm, I think that's the same song. And then other people are like, I think Cole Porter's just too polite to say that it is. <laughs> huh. So a lot of people think that it was plagiarized. The real voice of Kathy dubbing Lena in the movie is actually Lena dubbing herself, but in her regular voice, <laughs> which I don't really know if that's explained in the credits. And the actual singing voice of Kathy was a woman named Betty Noyes or Royce. It's not clear. And she was uncredited, which is deeply ironic.
2: That is that is so interesting.
0: <laughs> Isn't that very wow. interesting? <laughs> I learned a lot from a journal article called Dancing in the Rain by Carol Clover. It's from a journal called Critical Inquiry. This was written in the summer of 1995. It's from volume 21, number four. And she talks a lot about how this film very clearly pulls from a lot of African-American cultural moments or references Mm -hmm. to either Black culture or Blackface caricatures. And um, we'll dive in. So a few moments that you see this mentioned in the film Singing in the Rain, In the scene where they're pitching new titles when they turn the movie into a musical, it it was originally called The Dueling um, Uh, Cavalier. Cavalier. Then they end up calling it The Dancing Cavalier. But in the middle, during that scene where they're pacing back and forth, Cosmo shouts out the title idea, The Dueling Mammy. Oh, which is also, he sings a line from an Al Jolson song from the jazz singer, which is that song, my mammy. And it's a really sort of blink and you'll miss it in the film singing in the rain moment. But the the studio's producer is right next to Cosmo and he's at the piano and he just plays a little ditty and it's that part. And it's like the vocalization is an impression of Al Jolson in blackface performing that song. And also, I mean, there's just like visible blackface in the movie when uh, Gene Kelly walks past a set that's very clearly like sort of an African tribe, quote unquote, but it's all mm-hmm. actor, white actors in blackface. And then in terms of the actual like crediting of dance in the film, dance is a huge part of this movie. It's arguably the best part. And what the movie is best known for is the unbelievable dance numbers. But a lot of this film pulls from dance that is rooted in mostly or originated in like African-American culture, especially tap dance. In fact, Mm -hmm. what's interesting, or well, one of the interesting things is the song Singing in the Rain that Gene Kelly performs in the street. (laughs) And he's just Mm -hmm. tapping along on the cobblestones, about to get hit by a car, surely. (laughs) A, A thing that would happen frequently in real life in the past is that often black people would be tap dancing like on the sidewalk or on the corners of streets. And there were like really good corners to perform on and that sort of thing. But Mm. it was a real part of black culture in America. And so Mm -hmm. for it to be sort of subsumed by this white man and taken over and then like the imagery of the police officer coming up to him and him just sauntering away is all very white people having a great time and (laughs) that sort of thing. Um, the Gotta Dance number, which is like 40 minutes long <laughs> for so no reason, long. pulls from a lot of popular um, African-American dancers of the time period, which oh. um, Clover cites in in her article. And um, the, the biggest part is that Singing in the Rain is inextricably linked to minstrelsy, which... Is totally. defined by the National Museum of African-American History and Culture as, quote unquote, comedic performances of blackness by whites in exaggerated costumes and makeup cannot be separated fully from the racial derision and stereotyping at its core. Mm-hmm. The final quote that I'll, I'll cite is from the National Museum of African-American History and Culture, and it's that the influence of minstrelsy and racial stereotyping on American society cannot be overstated.
2: Mm hmm. This is so interesting because it's not as blatantly racist as I was expecting. Mm -hmm. But it's so interesting hearing you say this because some of the times where it wasn't blatant to me, it's because this is so whitewashed.
0: I mean, I think the movie is a real symbol of the insidiousness of racism because you can watch this movie and easily Mm -hmm. have a great time and not Mm -hmm. realize how much of it is rooted in the suffering of black people and also the creativity of black people, but going completely uncredited and unpaid. And, uh, I mean, we see that to this day, you know, it's, it's part of systemic racism, but I think with this film specifically, because it is so sort of bubblegum happy, cheerful, Mm -hmm. the way in which it can go unnoticed is, is the real sort of slimy dangerous element. Yeah. Okay. Well, knowing all of that, Shall we dive into our phone notes about singing in the rain?
2: Yes. Okay. So the movie starts off with a very um, Mrs. Puff type character. (laughs) Sort of (laughs) announcing movie stars who are... Oh oh my God. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) announcing movie stars who are leaving their cars and arriving to the red carpet. She has the exact energy of Mrs. Puff. Exact same voice. <laughs> She's wearing sort of a bikini-bottom chic purple outfit. Like purple outfit. with
0: pearl teeth. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I haven't thought about Mrs.
2: Puff in years. <laughs> Mrs. Puff, another icon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that is when we meet Lena Lamont and Don Lockwood because they are two of the stars arriving here.
0: It was an interesting start to the film. It's like a parade of characters all being introduced by Mrs. Puff. And um, and what I found the weirdest about this scene, I cannot imagine at an actual Hollywood film premiere. Not that I've attended one, but I did drive past Brad Pitt on Sunset (laughs) Boulevard giving an interview once. Congratulations. Thank you. I was running an errand for my boss. Congratulations. What was so weird is that Mrs. Puff is like, Gene Kelly, like, tell me your whole life story. And he's like, let me do that. And I get that they were just doing exposition and the screenwriters were like, Mm -hmm. we just got to tell this guy's backstory. But could you imagine if at an actual film premiere, if Leo DiCaprio was like, it all started when?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Someone's like, tell us, how'd you get here? Yeah. Well... (laughs) everybody take a seat (laughs) (laughs) it started when I was a child and yeah he gives his full life story it's so weird (laughs) okay this is important too because I thought of you immediately because yes Don Lockwood starts to explain his whole story and it starts off with dancing children when we Mm -hmm. flash back to his childhood how did you feel Liana as uh, a person who does not like children. Thank you. I visibly
0: noticed this child. It looked so unwell. It. <laughs> Sorry. They, the child. It like. <laughs> the boy looked like a little skull. And they got carried out. <laughs> I don't think children from the past were healthy. <laughs> it all started when I was a little skull. A dancing little skull. <laughs> I did, I will say, during this montage, uh, I did write down. <laughs> i do love when a man tap dances um it is so hot <laughs> oh, okay
2: that's in, that's informative for me about you <laughs> yeah
0: i think what it is for me is that it implies that the man cared enough to learn choreography <laughs> he had
2: to get the shoes
0: yeah he had to, he had to listen to someone else teach yeah. him he tried hard and when a man puts effort into anything it's like <laughs> I think that also stems from being a drama club kid in high school, and mm-hmm. we had like three boys, and they all were sort of half on the football team, yep. and uh, and I maybe was the dance captain for a musical or two. What?
2: And- oh yeah, you did dance. You're a dancer.
0: Wow. Okay, it was a lot of shock, and then immediate re- memory. Oh boy. So sorry. Anyway, the boys were not invested. So when a man is invested, that's like whoa, spicy.
2: Um, I too wrote that I'm a sucker for mid century showmen. I do love like they like, they had their fiddles, they're they're tapping and fiddling all at once. I mean, yeah. they again, it is true. You can tell that these people trained. They yeah. did train hard. I mean, these are talented. The thigh strength alone. Oh my gosh. I've, my God. I'm also pretty sure that that Gene Kelly is like 40 in this. What? Which is very impressive. Oh my gosh. I hope my knees are that good at 40. I know. Bit of a brag that I'm not 40 yet. (laughs) Not 40? Brag? Sorry. (laughs) Nothing against being 40?
0: (laughs) We do during this early life montage, we see that Gene Kelly gets into the world of acting via being a stunt double. And I got to say, I love when a director dresses like an equestrian. (laughs) This director was awesome. Full knee-high boots, the tightest of pants, an actual horse in the background of that scene. I don't know if you remember. I've become very (laughs) horse-aware recently.
2: uh one thing i did notice in the stuntman scene that made me know that this movie was different than the others i i I had a feeling i'm gonna enjoy this film when we see like a barn that has a sign on it that says explosives and then (laughs) (laughs) gene kelly runs into it and it explodes
0: (laughs) there are some very good like visual gags in this movie like he gets out of a car and he's like i'll tear myself away from you and then half of his tuxedo tears off because it's stuck in the door of the car you know that's just
2: funny yeah no it's real comedy true comedy comedy with a capital c after we hear about his life learn how he came up from being a dancer to then a stuntman to then an actor movie star then we return to the premiere of this film where a line is said that i am positive that you also noticed (laughs) uh, from one of the audience members watching Uh him
0: uh, do you want to say it at the same time and see if it's right
2: yes okay okay ready yes
0: one two three he, warm and so
2: warm up. Up. okay we, we still have to say it at the same
0: time okay. <laughs> this would have this been so good of like oh wow they're two uh, podcast hosts so in sync and now we just look like two idiots <laughs> god damn it gotta read ad breaks we'll be right back
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross.
0: I did love that line where the woman is in the movie theater watching Lena perform. (laughs) And she says, she's so refined. I think I'll kill myself. (laughs) Big mood. Big mood. Gen Z before her time. Yeah, I think I'll kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) I really feel that... um, this film has the energy of every hot theater kid in high school whose name was Jake. <laughs> Please do say more. Okay, so sort of, sort of a a, a little white boy who's maybe not really faced that much um, difficulty mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in his life, and is you know very talented, but too hot, and they know it. Mm. I I feel that that is Gene Kelly in this film, um, and you can just tell when he's sitting in that car that he falls into. Yes. Me cute of the century. Mm -mm, Absolutely terrifying. (laughs) This is why they put roofs on cars, is because men kept falling into women's cars. (laughs) This is why they invented the roof of the car. Henry Ford was like, whoa,
2: (laughs) get the assembly line out here. (laughs) Men keep falling off of trolleys into women's (laughs) cars. Yes, so at this part, after the premiere, everybody goes to an after party, and Gene Kelly, Dawn, is swarmed by a bunch of fans who rip his shirt up and everything, and he needs to Mm -hmm. get to the party somehow. He runs away from them by crawling up onto a trolley and then hops off of the trolley into a passing car, which just so happens to be driven by Kathy, his later love interest, played by the grandmother from Halloween Town, (laughs) Debbie Reynolds. (laughs) Debbie Reynolds.
0: She's real spunky. I did like her. I appreciated that they gave her at least a modicum of personality, which we haven't seen yet, I don't think, from a woman in a film
2: Yes, on the list. I wrote, okay, but she's a queen who negs him very yes. hard right off the bat. And we love that energy. <laughs> she doesn't know who the heck he is, and he's offended. Mm. And then actually, this was a scary part. She cries to a cop, mm. help, there's a man in my car. It's and he right. goes, wow, the movie star, Don Lockwood, you're a lucky lady. Exactly. And she's like, Oh, I guess I am lucky and shouldn't scream anymore. Mm-hmm. Which was sort of the opposite of A Cab as a yes. most But then after that, instead of acting all excited that he's there, she just um is very rude to him about his career. And says that the thing. stage acting is much better and that she thinks movies are stupid and he's very mm-hmm. offended.
0: Oh my gosh. She says a line that's like, if you've seen one film, you've seen them all. And I was like, Okay, we have to have her on the
2: podcast. <laughs> One thing I also cannot ignore that is another sort of feminist moment in this Mm. film happens at this after party when, of course, Kathy is dancing and all these women who are dancing at this party have these outfits on and they all have one big old pocket. (laughs) Pockets that big would never exist for women again. Give women pockets. I didn't notice that at all. I didn't
0: notice it because the song that they're singing, the lyrics are literally like, I love you. All I do all day long is thinking about you, a man.
2: All I do is dream of you.
0: Yes. Oh, God. Something like that. I really loved. I mean, if we could just do some Lena Lauding right meow. Lena Lamont, beautiful, iconic, incredible woman, who also at one point is hearing about the past because she's dressed up in sort of a 1700s costume. And people are telling her like, oh, well, this is how people did it in the past. I don't remember what they're talking about. I don't care. But what she says in response about the people in the past was, everybody was a dope And I was like, Lena is an icon with her finger on the pulse. I mean, if you want to sum up history in four words, that is it.
2: (laughs) She should be on this podcast. Oh my
0: gosh, she would be so good. Oh my goodness. Okay, Lena on the pod. We will book her.
2: Is she alive? In our hearts forever. (laughs) Okay, one thing that is important that we have not mentioned about the plot itself. Lena has just the, the worst voice. I can't stand him. I can't stand him. So that's a big part of this film is that they're getting into the world of talkies. Mm -hmm. And so now that you can hear people's voices, yes, the actors have to act better. And if someone has a horrible, ridiculous voice like Lena, uh, it's going to be a problem. So that's Mm -hmm. where a lot of the comedy comes from as well. Uh, Here's a little note as well about um, just women in films. One thing that I like to think (laughs) about when I'm watching any piece of media is Would it be fun to be in this as a woman? So The Godfather, like no one, the women never speak. And so even though the men are taking care of this woman, women who get beaten by like beating up the husbands, it would be so not fun to be in this film. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So beyond it being super anti-feminist in other ways. Yeah. Where this film, I think it would be just a blast to act in. I wrote down, this is my dream role.
0: (laughs) I did write that down before she started talking because I love to just get paid to react to things. And That's make she little does. facial expressions. And that is her whole job. She's a silent film actor. And also, like he won't let her speak in front of audiences at film premieres. But she's so funny. It would be a very, very fun role to play.
4: What do you think I am? Dumb, Dumb or something?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, she's a dream. Icon. An icon. She looks so good in hands.
2: So at the party, this after party as well, this is when we are introduced to the world of talkies in really a, what I found to be a very cool scene where... Everybody gathers around at the after party. Do you remember this? I do. We basically see a sample of a talkie, you know, he Mm -hmm. is speaking and the audio is coming out and everybody's surprised. Wow. What? Where are you, RF? Come out. We should mention like the man speaking a lot of teeth, a lot of teeth. Mm -hmm. But that's what was cool. He's right up close to the camera. And it's very, I'm going to get into this a few times throughout this because there's some real surrealist moments in this film. Oh boy. It's kind of Dali. It's Ooh. so weird. It's like... Okay, right,
0: art reference.
2: Uh, he's right up in the camera.
0: Wow, she's seen a painting.
2: And I thought it was very, very cool. Yeah, it was fine. Anyway, but also, I don't know if this is as fascinating for you. You love history. Okay. But I, I do like, you know, a little bit of film production stuff is interesting to me. And it's just really, really cool to see this transition to the talkies and whatever and to have everybody reacting. Like, wow, uh, voices on screen... This is very funny
0: because the whole time during that scene, all I was thinking was, God, people in the past were so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's talking like, wh- what is the big deal? It's like how I don't know how to talk to children these days because they haven't <laughs> figured anything out. I'm like, what? Just just learn.
2: It had been developing as an art form.
0: All right. We, um, we need to talk about the fact that Gene Kelly is hotter as Mozart than he is uh, in 1920s garb.
2: Wait, he was hot as Mozart. He was so
0: hot. He's not actually technically playing Mozart listener. He's just in a Mozart-esque wig. But ooh, the calves are out. <laughs> They're out and they came to play. The wig is on. The calves are out. Yes. He looks so good in that wig. What is that? Maybe it yeah, was just it sort worked. of my... Um, I think Pirates of the Caribbean was sort of a very um, sexually formative film
2: for me. <laughs> and so
0: And so I think the wig <laughs> yeah. has remained the sort of 18th century... Yes. Court member.
2: Now we get to the third, I think the third song of this movie, which is Make Him Laugh, which we've already heard a bit about from Liana. And (laughs) boy, uh, just a bummer. (laughs) I was, I guess, a sort of objective, stupid viewer watching this. I was going to ask how you felt about it, but you knew history. (laughs) I felt bad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but um, anything more that you... I mean, watching this performance.
0: I mean, do you want the specific names of African American dancers that he ripped choreography from? Okay. <laughs> that's what I could give you. If really? not choreo, then tricks that they were known for, like that the yeah. running up the wall and the back flip off of it or the one-legged dancing.
2: It's No, that's so good to I mean, this is very informative. It's it's really I thought he just was this was like classic clowning or something. No, ex- I mean this is the whole point: is that
0: a minstrelsy was a form of clowning meant to like make pe- make white people laugh, and B. Oh my god, this movie is very good at tricking you into thinking you're having a great time and that racism doesn't exist. <laughs> it's escapism in a way, except that they are directly profiting off of art that was created by black people.
2: Right, and just fully hundo p stealing it, putting it in a movie with white people. That everyone's gonna go see. And Remember Forever as number five on the list. God damn. He was a very talented physical uh, performer. <laughs> very physical yeah. comedian. As were all the um, Black people he stole the moves from. Right <laughs> yeah. Really important to me that we discuss this talkies montage. When you, what, what is this? <sighs> There's a big, again, surrealist, drugged out montage of Hollywood moving into talkies all of a sudden. This comes before that beautiful girl song. Oh, oh, oh no. (laughs) Let's just move on to
0: that. I heard that and I think I must have blacked out. That's why I don't remember the preceding montage. It was so, I was yelling in my basement. (laughs) Oh my God. It's a song called Beautiful Girls. A white man sings it. He's surrounded by white women in various outfits. I guess it's a fashion commercial or something.
2: It halfway through becomes a fashion commercial for five minutes. That's It's right. really strange. It's extremely mm-hmm. long. But it starts off with a song. I have some of the lyrics from it. <laughs> no. I, I'm unfortunate. Like, unfortunately, I did laugh a lot at this song because the performance, <laughs> he's just like yelling it and it, it almost felt <laughs> ironic. Yes. Yeah, so he yells, yell sings. <laughs> there may be blondes and brunettes that are hard to resist. You've got those lips that were meant to be kissed. And you're over, sweet 16. <laughs> Hearing it from you, it does sound like a parody of the past. It is, that is exactly what it was like. It felt like a parody of the past, which made it yeah. funny, but it's in the past, so it was very mm-hmm. confusing. Mm-hmm. But yes, it was upsetting. Okay, the other line that was great, and this sounded to me like um, like a leftist bros like Tinder bio. <laughs> A beautiful girl is like a great work of art. She's stylish, she's chic, and she also is smart. smart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did clock that, I was like, oh. Okay, thank you. The bar is raising, thank Um, you. I really like, that's really well put that it is a parody of the past. That is what this Mm -hmm. song was like. But I did love, I felt very much that the costume designer for this film asked the director sort of, what would you like? And the director said, yes.
2: everything
0: <laughs> all of it i also wrote that the uh, the costumes are far more diverse than the
2: cast oh my God. very true incredibly yeah. true um all right The next song is You Were Meant for Me. (laughs) The sort of lovey-dovey purple song where (laughs) Don asks Kathy to be his girlfriend for five minutes while she stands on a ladder. And does nothing. She listens. This was the first time for me where I was truly bored in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) The song, the music was really loud, so you couldn't really hear Gene Kelly's voice. And when you do hear his voice, it's nothing to write home about.
0: No. Not a very good voice. I mean, it's like meh. His butt is so good. His voice is whatever.
2: (laughs) I'm really, I'm, I'm really glad you got a lot out of that part of the film. I've <laughs> just taking it in his are, visit. I have multiple bullet points that just say
0: good, butt." <laughs> <laughs> I should have put timestamps in the film so that people could go and see a good, butt. it's a great, butt, um, but no, this song sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's really boring. I'm really yeah. Boring. There's also, I mean, there's so much gross sort of, um, possessiveness to it as yeah. well
2: mm-hmm. we can move on to <clears throat> moses supposes the voice lessons scene this is a very popular song this is this boys is, having fun is what this, this is, is boys having fun so this is the part in the film where their film studio is trying to adapt to the world of talkies and mostly because Lena cannot speak in a sophisticated way and they need to sound sophisticated, um, they're having voice lessons for everybody, mm-hmm. including Gene Elocution.
0: Kelly. Elocution. Elocution lessons.
2: Clear layers.
0: It's like your Mary Berry impression. <laughs> Clear layers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how it usually sounds.
2: <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Clear layers. Oh my God, Mary, <laughs> are you okay? What, the only thing I wrote from the Moses Supposes scene, which I think is like really famous, which I think because I was watching this with my family and a few of them said, a few, <laughs> a few of them. <laughs> That's everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and my sister said, uh, this is a really famous scene. Mm-hmm. I said, Oh, uh-huh. <sighs> but the only things I noticed from this Moses supposes scene is that the men were wearing the tiniest sweaters and that <laughs> all the men in the scene were like five, six. And I was just very aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that? Eh, I was unfazed by any of the men in this movie wow okay even with the powerful butt yeah i guess it didn't draw my eye
0: the film premieres it is a disaster because lena's voice is so silly and the audio is not synced so kathy gene and what's his face stay up all night and uh talk about what they're gonna do and i was wondering what the hell was going on with them having a meal that was sandwiches and milk did you notice this? They're in this gorgeous mansion that Jean's successful actor Kelly owns. And they're eating
2: sandwiches and milk. I, in in my mind, that is all they ate in the you 1950s. Not
0: bothered enough about this.
2: <laughs> I mean, sandwiches I like- <laughs> and milk, Sienna. This man is a millionaire. <laughs> it is strange in a mansion that's a good point thank you to me i guess it just confirms my belief that that's all anybody ate in the 1950s even though i know this is supposed to be the 20s i guess 20s and on is that no matter what class you're in you're eating sandwiches and milk (laughs) all levels there a great equalizer sandwiches and milk (laughs) they then sing good morning oh
0: my god this song was stuck in my head for years as a child because of hmm. this movie, and I didn't remember where it came from, so I could never find the source oh. of it to actually hear the song again. So when it started playing, I ran upstairs and got a bag of carrots to eat something that was louder than the movie.
2: Wait. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> <laughs> Okay. (laughs) I have so many questions. I don't even think I can ask them (laughs) where to begin. Um, all right. So you remembered it, but you have no fondness for it. That's right. Okay. You hate it. Arguably. All right. And then (laughs) instead of muting it, Hmm. maybe to make (laughs) up for the fact that you, (laughs) uh, that you muted all of the Godfather, you're trying to avoid only 45 minutes of it. You're trying to avoid muting now? Yeah. So you'll just use kind of what you got around. <laughs> sort of sonic experiences that I can create for myself. And then, well, how do you like the song Singing in the Rain, which Singin'. comes in? Singing in the Rain, which comes right <laughs> afterward.
0: I, I made a tiny little segment for you, which is called <gasps> Title of the Film Everybody Take a Shot. And this is a game I love to play anytime I'm watching a film, which is that if somebody says the title of the film in the film, you have to take a shot. And if you do that during Singin' in the Rain, you will die. Because I counted and you would have to take 15 shots in a less than two hour film. A lot of those were probably during the song as well. So like probably within three minutes. All of them were during the song. It's just that the song gets sung twice in the movie. Once in the middle and once at the end. So you do like seven in three minutes. Then you have maybe 45 minutes of of respite. And then you got to do like seven or eight more.
2: (laughs) That is so... We got to do it. I know. Yeah, we made a pact. (laughs) Hey, we got to take a quick ad break. But fear not, you can just sit there and think about Gene Kelly's ass.
4: Good butt. It's a good butt.
3: This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand
2: by and do nothing that allow them to flourish.
3: Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: There's a lot happening these days.
0: We got to talk about the insane montage, the insane got a dance number.
2: Yes. So you're talking about the dancing cavalier, the dancing cavalier, perhaps. (laughs) So they film the movie. They film this musical talkie to save the horrible movie that came out of the premiere. And it's called the dancing cavalier. And it is a whole lot of dancing. It is a Broadway fever dream. Mm -hmm. That's what I wrote down.
0: (laughs) literally this is a fever dream
2: <laughs> it is boinko bonko it
0: absolutely is absolutely off the rails
2: <laughs> yeah gene kelly comes in gotta damn. okay wait let me put this in context he's talking
0: to the the uh film studio exec and he's like here's what I, he's pitching this film and then begins the longest elevator pitch i have ever seen <laughs> It's like 20 minutes long. It's so long. Yeah. There's a dream ballet in the middle of the musical number. <laughs> There's a you dream ballet of the musical number. <laughs> it's insane. He dances with a green lady. Okay, um, this green woman. We have to talk about her. I how I phrased it, maybe not the most delicate, but I did say, okay, I am obsessed with this Elizabeth Debicki flapper dance bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she was very tall, which has huge Elizabeth Debicki energy. She was dressed like a flapper. She was dancing and oh, bitch. <laughs> she looked good. And she also has the same energy that I feel that I'm going to have towards any man when I get to go outside again, which is just like pelvis first. <laughs> Who's Elizabeth Debicki? She's tall. <laughs> Sienna, on a scale of one to ten, how stressed were you by that long piece of fabric?
2: Okay, here's a difference between She's covering us. her
0: mouth. She is shocked
2: smacking my gob because uh i wrote epic scarf scene (laughs) i loved it i thought it was so cool i also was like how is this happening but in sheer panic (laughs) so listeners (laughs) this dream within his explanation of what the movie will be (laughs) we go to this woman (laughs) the green lady is suddenly she has long hair which they must have used so much gel in so that it wasn't blown around by some wind machine that they were using to blow around an enormous white scarf I mean it was the size of the street in front of your home (laughs) you specifically listener look at your street (laughs) it's the length of that thing it's so long
0: I for a moment it was like did they film this upside down because the scarf is vertical
2: <laughs> oh my gosh i don't know why they were using some fan or something if they were using some fan they had to be just moving it around back and forth up and down i have no idea it was so powerful i
0: really thought she was gonna get choked to death by a <laughs> wrong turn i've never been more confused by anything in my life than i was by that long long piece of fabric should we talk about the ending
2: yes mm.
0: They make, they make Lena sing in front of a crowd. They have Kathy sing behind her. And then they raise the curtain to show, oh, it's actually been Kathy this whole time. And Lena's like, no, no. And then she runs off and it's like, oh, yay, Kathy and uh, Jean get to be movie stars together now is how the film ends. But here's my thing is, I don't think they were legally out of the woods. That is what I left this film thinking was like, they everything that Lena said was still the case about her contract. Her contract does exist. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, Sienna. All right. Well, shall we leap right into badges and trages? Let us shall. (laughs) Terrific. Listener, this is a segment in which we award to the film badges for things we thought were good and trages for things that we found to be very tragic moments that we hated a lot.
2: My first few badges go to just some of the simple things that this movie did the whole time. There were fast paced cuts. I never really got confused. Things were clear, very clear stakes, strong characters. They didn't try to make too much happen. The cool cinematic tricks that happen that are referencing the movie environment um, worked really well and were well executed. And it's a real comedy that really made me laugh.
0: Those are great. I would give it a badge for immediately telling me what year it is. 1927. I Mm -hmm. really appreciated that. A badge for people saying hello in an old timey way. A badge for a visibly stressed director. (laughs) I loved him. He was strung out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a good badge. And then one final badge I will give is the the headline, quote unquote, Big Bonanza for Diction Coaches. Could you imagine picking up a newspaper today and seeing that? (laughs) Anything that starts with Big Bonanza?
2: Big Bonanza! Whoa! (laughs) And I have actually a lot of badges for this because I must say, it did check off a lot of the things I'm looking for from a movie, and I just Mm. need to give credit where credit is due in the spirit (laughs) of this film. Badge for the surprise surrealist vibes. Just Mm. did not expect that. Did not remember that from when I saw it long ago. A unique meet cute.
0: Yes. Falling into a vehicle. (laughs) falling into
2: a car. Haven't seen that. No, you can't because they put roofs on cars. (laughs) Being in color. Really appreciated that. Oh, the very final thing this gets a badge for, and I don't really even think I can count this as a badge. It's like we need a neutral version as well because it does get... A point for no women getting slapped or forced into sex acts. Which is oh happened my God. in literally the other first four movies. This the is bar the first is so movie on the list low. not to do that.
0: You're right. It's not a badge. It's just like thank God.
2: <laughs> it's like a
0: Oh phew. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and one final badge that I have is a badge for the sassiest baby Cupid I have ever seen. What, what, baby, what baby Cupid? Uh-huh. No, I know. This is at the very end of the film within the film, dancing, What? what's his face? <laughs> and Mozart has died. Mozart is back up. He sang a song. And then they sort of pan to a fountain with a baby Cupid in it, who is doing <laughs> this pose that is so <laughs> sassy.
2: <laughs>
0: I kind of want to go back
2: and watch that
0: part. We should invent like a sassy Cupid challenge. You have to pose in water <laughs> like a sassy Cupid.
2: Trages? You want to kick it off?
0: <sighs> trage. I would give it a trage right at the beginning, before I even pressed play on the film. A trage for a poster where everyone looks too happy to be there. I could not meet that energy at any point during this film, and I was upset. I would also give a trage for going to a policeman for help. <laughs> don't <laughs> yep. do not do it. Don't call the police. Obviously got to give a trage for the blackface and the racism and the entire historical context section that I gave. Um, and finally, I can't get over this. They are not clear out of the, the legal situation
2: that they and were also very the, fair. They did not have a green light to go make more movies. <laughs> Kathy has to be <laughs> Lena's voice. <laughs> Trages for me. Yes. The blackface, the racism. That is a big one. And then just a trash for just the, some of the dancing just got boring. A little bit too much <laughs> dancing. Just, I, I did, I spaced out. Oh and it was so close. But wait,
0: not quite. I forgot to give a badge for nobody fell down the stairs. And there were so many stairs <laughs> that they tapped around and nobody fell. It was incredible.
2: All right. Next, we have the segment, should you watch this film or should you do anything else? Yes. Liana, where do you fall on this? <sighs> Y'all, you do not need to watch this film. you
0: could instead if you know someone with a good butt who would just let you go look at it, um, I think you could request. (laughs) Listen, people are horny these days. People, you'd be surprised (laughs) what they will say yes to. So if somebody got it, like if I got a text from somebody who I felt spicy towards, who was like, hey, could I just come (laughs) look at your butt um, in pants? And I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. That's what I would recommend.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Great advice. Thank you. I I would actually genuinely recommend watching this film the Hmm. parts that were cool like truly a lot of just the effects that they had and the surrealist weird stuff was just really very interesting and it was so so cool how they transitioned in Hollywood in this world that they created transitioned to the world of talkies so and the comedy in it like I really really enjoyed and I think it's important to remember that things were funny back in the day Um, however I really I will say you should watch this film but you also must read article that you read Liana yes. the name of it because I really want to read that now because that also is very valuable for my viewing experience of it and opens my eyes to how it actually came about and who should be credited with the the things that are entertaining in this film you know
0: absolutely and it, that article again is called dance in in the Rain by Carol J. Clover from the journal Critical Inquiry. It's on JSTOR, if anybody still has their college email address login. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I read it. Speaking of sort of um, academia and discussing mm. literature, we're now going to do everybody a huge favor during a segment called How to Pretend You've Seen This Film. This is for, you are at a gathering. You are at sort of a socially distanced, out-of-doors picnic situation. Everybody's fully masked except for the picnicking part. And johnson comes up to you and he is bringing up the film singing in the rain here are a few sentences you could say to pretend you've seen this film
2: johnson i really watching this film felt that it was really a love letter to hollywood
0: film boys love a love letter to hollywood that's a direct subtweet of la la land um (laughs) Yeah, Johnson, I mean, first of all, thank you for bringing nothing to this picnic. Really cool. I would say when I think of singing in the rain, I just feel, you know, sort of a a washing of, gosh, what would you call it? It's like a downpour of
2: maybe whiteness, uh, maybe a a (laughs) whitewashing. I would actually say that singing in the rain. Singing. (laughs) You know, Johnson, I think that removing the G from <laughs> singing in singing in the rain kind of represents um, how the medium of the silent movie was truncated by the emergence of the talkie. Uh, finally, I would say, oh, well, Johnson, you want to talk
0: about singing in the rain? What do you think I am? Dumb or something? <laughs>
2: That was so good. Thank you. Uh, that was s- 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 spot on. <laughs> Thank you so much. What would you rate this film? I'm going to be honest, because it met so many of the things that I'm looking for in a film, I was at least going to put this as a, at a 4.8 Wow. Uh, tap shoes out of five. Mm-hmm. But I think I am going to knock it to a 4.6 and a half. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just all that whitewashing and all the racism that comes out of just is deeply discomforting and we cannot stand for it. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, I'm glad
0: that it was a fun experience for you. How about yourself? I, because I took a class in college called Rethinking the Ballerina, in which we talked about this movie and all of the problems with it. I knew all of that going into watching it. So I just wasn't able to enjoy it very much. Fair. I would give it a two. I would give it two um dream ballets <laughs> out of five i would g- it gets one of those solely for jeans but god it's a good but and i do think there was a lot of talent represented in the film and i do love a musical um and no women were punched so <laughs> two two out of five from me
2: i think we've said all that can be said about this film
0: we've tapped all that can be tapped That's it for Tossed Popcorn's episode. I really forgot the name of our podcast. That is it for Tossed Popcorn's episode of Singing in the Rain. Join us next week when we will be watching Gone with the Wind. Oh. (laughs) Uh, If you listen to this episode, please like it and subscribe. Feel free to tweet us at Tossed Popcorn. We've got an Instagram at the same handle. And uh, if you know how to tap dance, send us some videos. (laughs) We'd love to watch them. Yeah. If you've got a good butt, DM me immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. We love you.
2: Bye. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
1: is going on a road trip.
3: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh hi, I'm Rachel Zoe,
1: and my podcast Climbing in Heels is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist.